finally, NBC News anchor Tom Brokaw has announced that he will retire after 55 years with the network. Though it's not cool that they just put it in the teleprompters. Let's just in broadcasting legend Tom Brokaw is retired. Oh, crap. Not like that. It's hard to find out. <laughs> I missed the premise to that joke as reading. Dang it. <laughs> I have to find out. Oh, gosh, dang it. Uh, yeah, I saw it's going to happen to all of us. May have already happened to our president. Uh, I saw Tom broke on some. They, they had him on there as a, like a token something on MSNBC. And he is a voice of wisdom way beyond being able to make sense. Into his last couple of years of Bob Hope, Dick Clark, yeah. uh, part yeah, of yeah, his yeah, yeah. Yeah. career in which he won't step aside and the network keeps running him up the flagpole. Um, so they did a poll of people about the vaccine rollout. This is uh, frustrating to me. Only 52% of Americans said they're moving too slow in getting the vaccine out. Wow. We, we have no public pressure in this country because there aren't enough people that understand what the hell's going on. We were talking earlier about not enough pro- public pressure on getting schools open. Man, we should be filling school board meetings and city council meetings and county health meetings and that sort of stuff. Just filling them up. But we don't. That's just that's not really who we are right now as a country. Outside of your, you know, your your super active young woke college kid crowd. Oh, goody. The, the rest of us don't go ever. Amusing ourselves to death, as the old book said, and uh, just fixation on the national government, the federal government. I and, think the president in particular. And is it a feeling that it wouldn't do any good? What? What? Oh, keeps, it would. It can do some good. It absolutely can. Yeah. But I know that, and I, I I've gone to one city council meeting in my life. How many times have I complained about various things where I live? To my kids in the back seat as I drive down the street. No oh boy. But not gone to the city council meeting. And we need to get more active on this stuff. Anyway, back to the school thing in just a second. On the vaccine rollout, 52% Americans only, half, say we're moving too slow. 8% say we're moving too fast. That's the anti-vax crowd. Please. 19% of you morons say we're getting it just right. You freaking idiots. Bring them to me. <laughs> and then even... I will jab them with a needle. Not a vaccine, <laughs> just a needle. Yeah, nothing in this needle. Right. <laughs> maybe, hot, maybe hot sauce. Huh? Just a jabbing. Want to change your answer? No? Here's another one. And then even worse yet, 21% that don't know. You got no freaking opinion, you damned idiot. The what now? On whether or not we're rolling the vaccine out at the right speed or not. You've got no opinion on this. It's impossible. On a lot of these topics, you're not affected, so you're not paying attention. But you're affected by this. Everybody on the planet's affected by this. You have no opinion. On the vaccine rollout, how can you participate at all in society? I, now, I don't want you at a city council meeting. I don't want you to vote. I don't want you to drive. Oh, no, we have to rock the vote. Everyone should vote. Every registered voter should vote. You should you be, know nothing about nothing. You should be strapped to a bed and fed by the state. <laughs> Not well, sure strapping is necessary, but... 21% of people say they don't didn't, know. Didn't you call for the enslavement of space aliens in the last segment? Absolutely. You got a bit of the totalitarian in you. I'm getting uncomfortable working here. <laughs> so, you know, this is unintentionally funny. But the other day, the Biden administration announces our bold new vision. 100 million doses in 100 days. And a bunch of people said, that's about the rate we're doing it now. That's what we're doing. And I, I mean, think they what... said, or yeah, Exactly. <laughs> so they've now announced a new goal. Instead of 1 million in a 1.5 million. 
And how are you going to do that? Well, we're going to do it better. We're going to do it faster. More doses is how we're going to do it. Okay. All right. Get to dosing. Too much announcing, not enough dosing. <laughs> God, that's so funny. It is. It is. It was. It was. It was roundly met with Matt or. Uh... Are you kidding? And so, the, no, well, we didn't mean a million. We meant 1.5 million. Yeah, that's it. Do did, people not have the internet? <laughs> did something happen between your declaration of a million a day and 1.5 million? Did anything occur in between those things? Technically? Technically. Uh, in terms of the uh, industry? Logistically. Logistically, right. Yeah. Or did you just feel like you had to come up with a bigger number? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think it's the latter. Yeah, that's right. hilarious. And then pandemic has destroyed 225 million jobs worldwide, they think. Wow. I'm against it. A quarter anti. of a billion jobs gone. Yep. That is, that's just, that, that, uh, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. And, uh, and, and troubling. Now, another related headline, new coronavirus variants accelerate race to make sure vaccines keep up. As they're, although the good news is, folks, and they... Until I get jabbed, this is all theoretical. Although quite a few a million people have been jabbed so far. Um, five million people. The is that right? Pharmac- is is that- it 5%? 5%, I'm sorry. I'd have to check. I don't, too many numbers these days. Uh, we ought to stick no, to No, no, no. It's way higher than 5 million. It's 5% of the country has gotten an inoculation. Yeah, we had a learned sounding emailer say the number of people inoculated has passed the number of confirmed cases at 26 million. And uh, although I can't swear to the, the accuracy of those stats... Uh, it's, uh, it was a well-composed email, and he signed it in a friendly fashion, so I assume he's right. But 5% is way low of the 70 80% you need for herd immunity, obviously. Yes, but uh, bouncing back from this 45-second uh, parenthetical thought, the good news is the pharmaceutical companies say we can tweak the virus as new... The vaccine. Uh, vari- the vaccine, sorry, uh, as new variants of the virus emerge. China's tweaking the virus. Uh. We're tweaking the vaccine. Are you but, trying to start an incident? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, there's going to be an incident. Um, yeah, but yeah, but that it's very theoretical. Until you can get the vaccine out, if this thing spreads fifty percent faster, and we don't have the vaccine out, ooh, oh my God, the numbers are going to go up so fast. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, and then one final thing: we talked about this a lot. I don't want to wear you out on it. But it is a hugely important story. Obviously, the school's not being open. USA Today front page, teachers' unions resist reopening. I'm glad they're taking it from this angle in the USA Today. Finally. I think more people are starting to catch on to this. Um, Thousands of schools have successfully brought kids back in person, says USA Today. I'm sorry, four schools, you said? Thousands of schools. Get to the part of how many dead? Have successfully brought kids back in person. And the bodies are piling up. They put them in the gym. They aren't anywhere. But three out of four urban districts offer only online instruction. Mm -hmm. Three out of four urban school districts in America have online instruction only. Because in those areas, the teachers' unions are the most powerful. The higher the population density, the more left the area. The more left the area, the more powerful the unions are. The unions say, screw the kids. They have a quote from Ad Dad on the front page, and anecdotal quotes are dumb. But I have a feeling they chose this one on purpose. It's so frustrating, says this father of two elementary students. Of course, we all feel for the teachers, and we appreciate the work that they're doing. But it feels like the union is looking out for themselves 
at the expense of a whole lot of kids and families. Well, and yeah, it does feel that way, doesn't it? Well, and they're not looking out for themselves in the way that they claim they're looking out for themselves even. They're saying, oh, we don't want the teachers to die, die of the vid. Although there are thousands of schools that are operating perfectly fine, taking sensible precautions. It's a way to get more budget and more power. It's and it's working. Right. Well, and you got the quote from the, the Washington State uh, Teachers Union president. You got the quote from the folks in Chicago saying, this uh, pushed open schools is white supremacy and white privilege. What the what? Yeah, that's troubling. Um, but there's, you know, there's some showdowns coming. They're considering it a strike in Chicago where the teachers aren't showing up, and we'll see how this works out politically. Um, I don't know where this is headed, but it's 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 absolutely amazing. So you're going to have kids. Well, I know the school district that my son is in, but he's not going to the that school anymore. They are going to. There's no plan to reopen this year, so they're going to go a full year and a half. With distance learning. A wow. full year wow. and a half. That's a yeah. long time. You know, following the lily pads of news stories here, I came across this in the L.A. Times. Um, critics are, are kvetching about the nomination of uh, uh, San Diego Superintendent Cindy Martin to become U.S. Education Secretary. And I saw the headline, and I thought, oh, yeah, it's because she's one of the people who pitches all that woke chivist, anti-racist uh, racist garbage. But no, I dig into the story. It turns out local parents, community members, and the NAACP are criticizing the choice, saying Martin has not reduced racial disparities in schools enough. And her failure to reopen schools for 98% of San Diego Unified students has caused students to fall behind, especially minority students. Yeah. Not Asian, black and brown kids. So you have the left hammering this woman. For not opening the schools. And Stop the hammering! No, 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 no. More hammering, Lawrence. More hammering. And, and, and yet these people are pitching that it's white supremacy to want to open the schools. People talk about all the, the divisions on the Republican Party or on the right. I tell you what, the left is about to erupt into open warfare with themselves. To the kids' failing portion of this story, and it's worth pointing out, if you have kids in school, you know it's uh, distance learning. You know it sucks. It's terrible. Is the damage worse emotionally or educationally? It's hard to pick one. It's barely worth doing. I'm not sure it is even worth doing in in the total. But every once in a while, I come across an article like I did in the New York Times where they said some experts say distance learning is not as good as nothing. Are you kidding me? Um, This is from a suburban school in Illinois, 2019 versus 2020. 352% increase in language failing grades, 248% increase in math failing grades, 260% increase in reading failing grades. In science, it's almost 500%. In social studies, it's 650% increase in failing grades. And again, it is even worse among poor kids, but to want to open the schools is white supremacy, according to the teachers' unions. Could they be any crazier? It's something. Yeah, it is. Fight it, my friends. Fight it. Um, what was the other thing? I it's a to battle for the soul of the country, and it's in your town. You don't have to wa- march on Washington D.C. You don't have to get your guy elected president, although that would help. Uh, you don't. You don't have to organize 1.5 million people on the National Mall. You have to go to your school board meetings. You have to talk to your teachers. You have to ask your kids what they're learning. This is a. This is guerrilla warfare. The MyPillow guy has been deplatformed on Twitter. They've uh, taken him down. He's not allowed to tweet anymore. 
Sorry to hear that. He's still pushing the uh, Trump one in the landslide thing, I guess. Anyway, that kind of gets to this. Uh, are the cable news channels the new political parties? I was reading and listening to some stuff about this the other day. It makes perfectly good sense. It's huh. kind of an interesting thought starter. Okay. Uh, among other things on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Yeah, I'm looking up at Good Morning America. How to get a mental health screening. That's really interesting. All the stuff I'm reading about people's mental health nationwide. Kids and adults. Everybody's got their own situation, whether you're, you know, you could be old and now all of a sudden you're super isolated because, you you know, you have to really worry about the COVID. That's heartbreaking. You're you're oh. you're uh, you know twenty something and healthy and not really worried about the COVID, but everything's closed and right. you can't do any of the stuff and you you realize you know I'm only going to be twenty eight once and my yeah. years are going by and I'm doing nothing. I had a conversation uh, yesterday. You know, Delaney, uh, her senior year of college was a big nothing, but at least it was only her senior year. Kids enrolled right now and they're looking at year number two of a big nothing and almost no learning. Yeah, at an exorbitant cost. <laughs> I mean, that was already going on at colleges. Oh uh, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, every at every age, it's terrible. I mean, you know, people I know whose kindergartner didn't get to have the kindergarten experience. How right. heartbreaking! Oh, my sister's a kindergarten teacher and is trying her damnedest with the kids. With the, it's actually now because she teaches for a private school. It's now much more in person. But there are some parents, some kids who are strictly uh on the zoom or whatever yeah and it's you talk extremely about difficult something you only get to do once in life and it's so formative yeah and then uh, like i have a niece who uh her senior year of high school got wiped up and it's one of, i'm sorry because this is we've been talking about this a lot but the kids brains are so plastic when they're age uh you know uh, well from birth honestly. unlike now for me i ain't changing my mind about nothing no i haven't learned anything since 1988 but um <laughs> <laughs> that incredible. It's like their computer runs at, at, at speeds unimagined by man for a certain amount of their youth. And if you lose that time, that's a terrible thing. And it can't be caught up. You can't cram people at age 25 to try to recapture the intellectual growth they have as little kids. That's why it's so critical to get the youngsters back. But that's my white supremacy, isn't it, teachers union presidents? On that topic of kids being, you know, sponges with pliable minds when they're little and learn so much, my youngest, who doesn't go to school for health reasons that I've talked about and we'll talk about again, but he doesn't go to school and he's uh, he would be a third grader. So um, he watches way too much television. Um, but so he's he's learning so much about the world through all these Netflix shows that he watches. Mm. He says the damnedest things i think like how do where does that come from i guess that comes from being a nine-year-old who's grown up almost entirely watching tv yeah <laughs> they were doing we're at target i think we're at target he said yeah i gotta go hit the john <laughs> what where'd you hear that i've never said that in my life where did you come up with i gotta go hit the john <laughs> why do you talk like you're 50 i guess i'm watching too much television um <laughs> I was listening to a podcast the other day, and I thought this was absolutely fascinating on the politics of our time and how uh, weak the uh, both political parties are 
political parties barely, well, the Democrats barely rescued their choice, Joe Biden, from the people that they didn't want, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Barely won the election. And the Republican Party did not, you know, despite what the Republican Party is now, they did not want Donald Trump to be the nominee at all, but couldn't handle it. And, uh, and, and he won. And how the cable news channels are really the parties now. If you want to get the nomination as a Democrat, you need to please the MSNBC crowd. And if you want to get it as a Republican, you gotta, you gotta please the Fox crowd. Huh. And if, if, if Sean Hannity likes you, you can be the Republican nominee. If Rachel Maddow likes you, you can be the Democratic nominee. But not if they don't. Huh. Not a chance. Now, with the party itself, the party structure, who cares? That doesn't matter. Mm. So the, the elders, the, the string pullers in the parties, their gig, their jobs have now gone to the cable news hosts. Yeah, they've just lost yeah. their power. Yeah. And, and one of the examples of that was um, defund the police. Very few people actually wanted to defund the police, Republicans or Democrats. It was, you know, a segment of the Democratic Party that wanted to defund the police. Mm-hmm. Fringe movement. But if you watched Fox, you believed it was all the Democrats. And if you watched MSNBC, you believed all it was, it was all the Democrats for different reasons. Mm. Because that's that wing that runs MSNBC. Huh. So if you watch either one of those outlets, you thought everybody that's a Democrat wants that. But that's not what most of America wants. There's no way to run a country. It's a pretty interesting thing we got going. Nor on. a political party. Did the parties wise up and make serious changes about how they do what they do? I wonder. Yeah, we'll see. And Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I was just scrolling through today's opinion pieces in the uh, the New York Times. I think seven of nine of them have Trump in the headline. I flipped on the unlistenable CNN to punish myself for my sins. Uh, in the entire time they were talking about Trump. wonder how long that lasts. I think they're having uh, meetings long into the night saying, what do we do? Who are we? I mean, we're, we're S at news. I mean, we're terrible. <laughs> so all we know how to do is talk about Trump. Or is it the other way around? Their audience only wants another Trump story. Yeah, I wonder. Uh-huh. I wonder. Bill Maher's show, always intriguing. Camille Foster was a guest. It's not Camille. It's K-M-E-L-E. He's a young black man. He's a podcast host, a writer, and a thinker. And they had a, really quite an interesting conversation about race and so-called systemic racism and the rest of it. Let's start with clip 22. If you want to focus on problem, really complicated problems, nuanced problems like right. education, like health care, those problems are not things that we get a clearer picture of, that we see better when we inject race into the conversation, race is divisive, it divides us, it obscures the truth. Wow, okay. Not rhetoric and band-aids, but actually getting to the heart of problems and how to solve them. That sounds a little like what Sam Harris was saying in that podcast clip we played last week where he said uh, Biden injecting race into the COVID relief package. Just an unforced active. error. It was an own goal. Why are we doing this? Monumental political stupidity. So, are you one of those people who hears equity and you think, is that just a new way to say equality? Uh, no, it's not. Mr. Foster explains in 23. There are radical elements of the Black Lives Matter movement that are very disinclined towards free markets and capitalism that challenge very basic notions uh, that I think are broadly shared by Americans about like 
equality under the law, for example, this pivot towards equity, racial equity, and a focus disproportionately on outcomes is something that is rather new, but seems to have taken the country by storm. It's, and, it's yeah, almost the only thing people can talk about. Equity so meaning as opposed to equality. Equity as opposed to equality. Which in, can you... I can give you a practical example of that. Yes. COVID, we were just talking about a moment ago. We know that the most vulnerable population when it comes to COVID are older people. That if I took people over the age of 55, sure. that's 80% of the deaths. There have been actual conversations about prioritizing people on the basis of their race because COVID is said to disproportionately impact black people relative to white people. It is a ridiculous proposition, but it's a proposition that's found its way into the mouths of governors here in California, the, the pages of the New York Times. We're actively Why talking about this kind though? of ridiculous because we actually know when we look at the global impact of COVID in the United States, again, 80% of the people who are dying are older, around 18% of the people who are dying are black. A life lost to COVID is a life that matters. And we can well, focus on the people who are vulnerable without making this about race. Making it about race only obscures the actual issue. Who's this guy? Uh, Camille Foster. But he is a, a podcaster. Started writer, his own kind of yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's uh, in this uh, democratization of media world in which we live. He's risen uh, up as a really smart, interesting guy. Uh, obviously, I mean, to get on Bill Maher's show. I, uh, my memory fails me, as it often does, but the name of the new uh, health minister of Cal Unicornia was being interviewed by NPR, Nakedly Progressive Radio, today. And his uh, interview was mostly a mishmash of uh, political uh, platitudes and word salads. But at one point he said, in, uh, the whole thing was about getting the damn vaccine out. He said, listen. Our goals are equity, safety, and speed. In that order. Right. Right. In that order. The, the fact that there were the people, uh, and I don't know who that was on the show that jumped in, and why is that wrong? Why is it wrong to try to save the most people? Or are we going to even discuss this? It's a half-wit from Vanity Fair who was on the panel for some reason. Well, a lot of the country, a lot of states are doing it that way. It's amazing yeah. that it's even a conversation, as that guy just said. So our goal is not to save the most people with this. Oh, okay. I was completely misled. It's I to right historical wrongs and decolonize. I thought the whole point was to have as few people die from the coronavirus as possible. It's not. Okay. Well, i got to rethink things. That's well put. Give us clip number 25. Systemic right. racism is a, is a phrase that I find really frustrating because I think it categorizes things, but it doesn't. But really explain them. It doesn't actually give us a sense of how to fix them in any material right. sense. There are all sorts of disparities, and right. they exist for all sorts of complicated reasons, and we ignore that when we just say and racism. all sorts racism, of ways racism. you can be disadvantaged in life. Sure. You know, I mean... And, and advantaged. I, I am yeah, privileged. Anyone who looks at me and presumes on account of my appearance that I'm disadvantaged is a fool. <laughs> wow. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I, I bow to you being willing to say that, which is obviously true. Yeah. It's disturbing, isn't it, when you come across something like what Jack was saying about the vaccine distribution, where you realize the people on the other side of the equation or the argument are so nuts. I mean, you almost want to give them like a 10-question quiz. Do you believe gravity exists? Okay. Um, Do you believe it's wrong to steal from another person? Oh, it's not if that other person is advantaged. Okay, we're okay. Hmm. Let's see what else. Uh, you know, and and try to figure out just how divorced from reality they are. It's yeah. disturbing. It reminds me of what was I talking to my kids about the other day? We were driving. Um. Uh, 
what do they call that kind of blindness where you're not looking for a particular thing so you don't attention see blindness? Yeah. Or... And I was talking about with motorcycles in particular, right? Where um, you're you you look left and your 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 mind is looking for a car. So there might be a motorcycle right there, and because of the way our brains work, you're looking for a car. You don't even see the motorcycle. That's how motorcycles get hit a lot. And I use the example of if you're looking for a pen, you knew you you left a blue pen in here. You're looking for a blue pen. There could be a red pen sitting right there, and you don't see it. It's weird how we work that way. That clearly happens with if your focus is on racial injustice. So everything you look at, you only can take in, take it in that way. Right. Yeah. And you're blind to the other stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. Right. Well, since particularly I'm looking, when that becomes your entire identity. Yeah, since I'm not looking for that all the time, it just it strikes me very quick, quickly. There's a motorcycle. There's the problem. We're trying to save as many people as possible. You're only lens. You're only looking for how do we right the wrongs of slavery. Right. And weird. Can, and can you imagine if, you know, we all have confirmation bias. We all prefer information that backs up what we already think. We're not looking for information. We're looking for confirmation. Just read that in a text. I thought that was really good. Yeah, okay. Uh, So anyway, (laughs) um, but imagine if you stake your entire being on confirming a particular, you know, philosophy, a wackadoodle philosophy, for instance, the one we're discussing, Then, then you just see it everywhere. And that's not to say racism doesn't exist, but... Oh, you know, and, and it's funny. I meant to make this point. I'm glad I remembered. So they don't want equality. They want equity. Equity, which means the same result. Except that it doesn't even. I mean, they've even twisted the meaning of that word. A quick glance at the dictionary. The quality of being fair and impartial. Well, right. If, uh, th- yeah, equity through a, equity with a historical nod. Because you don't want equity right now. Equity right now would be, you know, evenly distributing the, the vaccine. It's got to be shaded towards certain groups to make up for things that happened 150 years ago. Right. So, like, net equity over the last 500 years? Is that I, what they I mean? don't know how far back you go. It gets complicated. Hmm. Well, as a guy who came from Irish people starved to death by the English, while... There is slavery in North America, but more slavery in Central America and South America. Not quite sure how that equity thing works out. You're going to have an algorithm that makes, you know, the hurricane prediction look easy. Good for uh, Bill Maher bringing that guy on and having that conversation. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I feel like Bill Maher, you know, is an okay boomer for the left. Is, sure. Uh, you know, an old man that, uh, you know. Tied to the antiquated and idiotic views of, from their point of view, not mine, uh, oh, Martin Luther King, for instance. Oh, that is so out. I wonder. So out. I wonder, okay, Boomer. I wonder how his viewership is doing. I wonder if he's noticing any erosion among the college crowd woke left. By occasionally challenging them a little bit. I, I, you know, I, I sure hate to see him go away as a voice. Whew. He could get canceled. Oh, absolutely. I think there's a there's only a few out there, uh, you know, um, leading lights of old school liberalism. There are only a few of them. And when they're gone, there won't be nothing but this woke stuff. Yeah, a lot of them are independent enough and ornery enough that they're continuing to speak out. And we've mentioned, you know, uh, Matt Taibbi and, and Marr and, and uh, Sam Thomas. Uh, Sam Thomas? Harris. Sam Harris. Sorry. 
Um, and, and there are, there are more, but there are also plenty who believe this stuff who are terrified into silence because they still need the paycheck. The quality of being fair and impartial. Indeed. Joe Biden to present racial equity plan, sign executive actions. Oh, Lord. So that's going to happen today. Oh, boy. Meanwhile, the thoroughly woke mayor of Portland, who's gotten woke to the fact that the people he was backing are lunatics, just had to pepper spray somebody in the face. What? Himself. He did? He, he did. So he's carrying pepper spray. Yes, he is. And he, and, and, I'm sorry, did he spray himself in the face? No, he, he sprayed the other person <laughs> okay, in the face, okay. John. I thought I'd made that. Perhaps I didn't. I don't know. The full story. Who sprayed whom next? Armstrong and Getty. Of course, uh, our UK viewers will know that tonight is Burns Night, which is a Scottish celebration of the life and works of national poet Robert Burns. And in honour of the occasion, this is true, a packet of haggis was launched into space. Don't believe me? Have a look for yourself. Look at that. I'm not sure I follow the thinking here. So they're like, how should we celebrate the life of a beloved 18th century poet? Space haggis? <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth. Let's do it. Isn't that something from the guts of sheep or something? Sean, can you look into what haggis is? H-A-G-G-I-S? Hmm, I don't know what it is. It's, uh, it's some funky Scottish thing only Scottish people eat because they're starving. A Scottish dish consisting of a sheep or calf's... Uh, Awful? Awful? I don't know what that is. Um, now we got to look up awful. Yeah, all right. It's, it's a savory pudding of some sort? Too much oh, learning. Awful is okay, not a savory it, pudding. That's the can, stuff you kind of conjure up when you, you belch up your stuff, right? right this first oh. description says it's a sheep's awful. This other one says it's a sheep's pluck. Right, you guys need to figure out what uh, what part <laughs> of the sheep is in this stuff. Quit, quit, quit making stuff up. Uh, look up awful. Gross. It sounds awful. Uh, well, the first two words are the entrails. Yes, it's sheep guts. Hmm. Uh, we'll get to this story later, I suppose. Margaret Sullivan in the Washington Post. Fox News is a hazard to our democracy. It's time to take the fight to the Murdochs. Here's how, here's how. she wants to have uh, advertisers cancel on Fox to drive it out of business because it's such a danger to society. Whereas, you know, the other cable news channels are perfectly up and up and only giving you the truth. Marching in lockstep to silence anyone who disagrees with them. Well, that doesn't sound at all like any f- political movements we all know about. Unfreaking believable. It really is. And she's a, a fairly heavy weight yeah. with the Washington she's, Post. She's a real, uh, you know, member of the thinking class in D.C. If this were going on without the COVID, it would put me in a bad mood. <laughs> Portland Mayor Ted Weasel, or some pronounce it Wheeler. Got slapped a couple of weeks ago. He was out dining at a Portland restaurant, of which there are many fine ones that I used to go to, but now it's too crazy and dangerous, too many junkies. Um, he'd, uh, somebody, the guy got in his face and started yelling at him. Not cool. As he has moved to the right of Antifa, who are dangerous, violent Marxists, and slapped him in the face. Wheeler uh, chose not to press charges, per the Oregonian. Mistake. Incident came after the protesters set fires inside Wheeler's condo building in August. Oh, protesters. Hmm. 
Reports said the man who appeared to be in his 40s remained as close as all right, so. So anyway, that sets the scene for he comes out of the restaurant Sunday. Uh, he was dining out, you know, a tented section or whatever. Dinner table events. And this unmasked man confronted him and accused Wheeler of dining without a mask while putting his cell phone in his face, uh, you know, recording the whole thing. Uh, Wheeler explained, I dined in a tented section right there. Face coverings are not required. But the man would not back off, the mayor told police. He had no face mask on and got within a foot or two of my mouth while he was face while he was videoing me. I became imminently concerned for my personal safety as I had been physically accosted in a similar situation only a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I would be concerned, too. I wouldn't let somebody get that close. The man who appeared to be in his 40s remained at close distance as the mayor walked to his car. Wheeler warned he had pepper spray and would use it, then did so, spraying the man in the eyes, the report said. He seemed surprised. <laughs> And made a comment like, I can't believe you just pepper sprayed me, his, Wheeler said. His his, uh, his comment wasn't, ow, my eyes? That'd be my comment. Ow, my eyes. I find your actions way out of bounds, Mr. Mr. Mayor, sir. He added, he gave the man a bottle of water so he could rinse his face. That's funny. I wouldn't have peed on the man's face. No, no, not, no nor would I. Um, I. I don't understand why you don't charge these people with, because there's got to be some severe penalties for attacking a, a, a politician. Ted, who is a soft-headed, soft-hearted, dreamy boy, still thinks he can passive his way out of the radicals destroying Portland. Even after he's smacked in the face, still thinks, well, I'm not going to press charges. They're probably just mad because they think there's racial inequity. Yeah, all right, I'll let him loose. After an assault and battery. Well, to the extent that anyone in the country even knows what's going on in Portland and Seattle, you saw it on Fox News, because you don't see it on MSNBC and CNN, right? You wouldn't know it was even happening. Fox News covers that sort of thing. It's a different point of view than the other channels. Well, Margaret Sullivan of the Washington Post uh, doesn't think it should be. Fox News is a hazard to our democracy. It's time to take the fight to the Murdochs. Here's how. And she talks about deplatforming them by going after their advertisers. Well, let me read a quote from one of the final paragraphs, and this apparently is catching on as Joe Scarborough on MSNBC thought that would be a good idea, and even named some of the advertisers that should be ashamed. And Scarborough signed on for this? Yeah. Wow. Uh, bah, 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 bah. No, the only answer is to speak the language that the big wigs at Fox will understand. Ratings, advertising, dollars, profit. Corporations that advertise in Fox News should walk away, and citizens who care about the truth should demand that they do so in addition to trying to steer their friends and relatives away from the network. Do you people actually watch MSNBC? Do you ever see some of the crap that's on there? Well, that's okay, because they're mostly right from my point of view. They're mostly correct. Do you remember Michael Avenatti being on 150 times on CNN, spouting just completely made up out of whole cloth lies about uh, Justice Kavanaugh and various sexual accusations, right. and just completely made up, and all the, all the shows have him on just perfectly fine with that. Not to mention Brennan and Clapper and the rest of that crew, Schiff, who lie constantly. You don't think whipping up the Russian collusion hoax for two years did the country any damage? No, you're going to silence it. I, I really, really dislike a lot of people in lefty media. I think they're dangerous. I think their ideas will tear a, apart my beloved country. In some cases, I think they're really bad human beings. But it would never occur to me to call up some water filter company, say, if you keep advertising on Lawrence O'Donnell's show, I'm going to put you out of business. That puts me in the crazyville, you know? Yeah. That's dangerous, man. It's weird. Yeah.
in the Washington Post. I don't, you know, I don't want to freak people out or anything, but it's a serious time in terms of the culture of free speech. Yeah, it's weird. And then you got the whole Twitter thing, which I don't, you know, I go back and forth on this. I don't, I don't know what I think about all of it. I understand legally they're private country; they get to do it. That's not what I'm talking about. But uh, it's it's weird that like um, there's this much power decided on by such you know small numbers of people. Yeah. Now, will it, um, as that guest we had on a couple of weeks ago, will it lead to other outlets coming forward and having a voice for that crowd? I don't know. I guess time will tell. Well, I tell you what, there is a world, there is a universal difference between the impulse to express your opinion and the impulse to silence others. And the second one is evil and insidious. And it ought to be called out for that. And the fact that the Washington Post would give uh, shelter uh, to, to somebody spouting that sort of thing, hell, they're probably proud of her for it. I mean, that's that's not good at all. Not good at all. Meanwhile, Disneyland is going to redo offensive scenes on their jungle cruise. Hippos, for instance, don't always spout water out of their mouths. It's a cliche. It's a stereotype. <laughs> Actually, it's about dark-skinned characters portrayed as hostile savages, sometimes cannibals, or as subservient will be taken out of scenes, and more animals and new characters will be added. Okay. All right. That's fine. I don't go anywhere I have to stay in a long line, so I will not be <laughs> It's a good rule. Armstrong and Getty.